Serving others is a topic that is really dear to my heart. Um, so I love talking about it. I love teaching about serving others. Nothing more important than serving others. You know, there's so many things that um, I love about this class. Uh, Jared mentioned, you know, my love for this class and for the people of this class. And I hope you know that. There's so many things that we do that just brings me just incredible joy. Uh, I love watching the way we love one another. I love... Uh, the way I see relationships building in this class, it's really amazing to see how God has brought people together just from all different walks of life with seemingly nothing in common other than loving Jesus and just created such bonds in this class. Uh, I saw it play out with the Dickersons and the Herods, never even knew each other, and just see the bond of that love uh, while Ted's going through this crisis over the last few days. You know, I, I love seeing just the prayers uh, that are, have been answered in this class. It's amazing, really, what God has done uh, through prayer in this class. And really, truly, I believe that there's been lives that have been changed in this class. I believe it. I see it all around this, this room, you know. And I hope you agree with me that one of the things that give me, gives me the most joy is when I see so many visitors. I mean, it really worked out great tonight that we've got so many visitors. But it seems like every single week we have lots of visitors in this class And it just gives me great joy to see how people can come in here and and be so welcomed and so loved. And then just to see how they can become a part of this class over time, this family of believers that really is so important for your walk with God. It's so important really for what Jarrett was talking about, sanctification. We've talked about that a lot. And just your, your daily pursuit of holiness, becoming more and more like Christ. This is really important. And I I hope you don't think that this happens in every Bible fellowship class because it really just doesn't. There's some Bible fellowship classes that don't have any visitors, okay? They don't have any visitors and they have the same people week after week and we just have visitor after visitor after visitor. So it's so wonderful and I've been praying over the last few months. I've been asking God to just really reveal to me why it seems to be such a burden on my heart that we as a Bible fellowship continue to grow. Because sometimes Aaron looks at me like, are you crazy? I mean, we already have such a large class. It's hard to minister to everybody in the class. And for some reason, God just keeps putting this desire on my heart to grow, just to grow. It's just like he keeps speaking it to me. Grow, Scott. You just got to focus on growth. And I started asking him in the last couple of weeks, God, can you reveal to me why? Why is this such a burden on my heart? Because I certainly don't ever want it to be just about numbers. Because that doesn't matter at all, right? It's not just about numbers. So I'm like, God, please don't let it just be about me. Don't let it be about, you know, somehow some pride inside of me that makes me feel better. I hope that's not it. But you know what God revealed to me? It is the visitors. It is the visitors. It is so many people out there that aren't connected to something like this. That's what it's about. You're not going to get visitors unless you're growing. If it's just us, then then we're not out there reaching out to people and we're not out there bringing others in so that they can be a part of this family of believers. That's what God revealed to me in my prayer time is it's about the visitor. And I know that, that, because I know I've talked about it enough, I know that there's lots of people in this class that have also been praying for this growth with me, been praying that we continue to get out. And I've been witnessing it. I've seen how people have got out and started inviting people you know, and really trying to work at bringing guests. I see it tonight, just the people that have went out and asked people to come and be a part of this class. So I know we're praying about it. I know we're working hard at it. 
But tonight, what we're going to talk about serving, okay, serving others, let's not forget how vital that is to going out and reaching people and bringing them into this room. You've probably heard, or I've talked about it in the past, about one of our church plants in Albany, New York, a guy named Roscoe Lilly. And uh, if you don't know Albany, New York, it is uh, one of the least church places in America. There's just, you know, it's just kind of a godless place. It's not like here where there's a church on every corner. Well, Roscoe and his family, they moved there and they started a church in 2003. And when you hear Roscoe's testimony, he says, you know, we we prayed about it. We did everything that you're supposed to do when you're starting a church. We went out and we were inviting people. We were inviting people. We were praying about it. We were working hard. So we launched and we had our first service and nobody showed up. He said, okay, well. You know, listen, that's not much of a setback, just one week. So they prayed about it. They, they went out and they invited people. They kept praying about it. And they get to the week two, nobody shows up. Week three, nobody shows up. He says, about this time, he's thinking, you know, listen, I'm a little hard-headed, but I'm going to keep trying. So they tried again. Week four, nobody shows up. He says, listen, God, this is not working. I must be doing something wrong. Okay, we've been praying like crazy. We're out inviting people. He said, God just placed it on his heart. He said, go out and serve the community. So he said, that's what they did. They focused on going out and serving the entire community of Albany. He says that they probably cleaned every toilet in Albany, New York, at least three times. And the next week when they came back, they had six people. He's like, all right, 600% growth. I mean, like we're going (laughs) to, we're breaking records. Okay, everybody's going to know who we are now. Okay, and this is a guy, by the way, that was the church planner of the year when he was at Liberty University. Uh, he was like recognized for his church planning skills, getting his, one of his many degrees, okay? But it all started when he went out and was serving people, when he was serving others. And that church has continued to grow and continued to grow. And today they have more than 300 people that attend uh, every week. And they've actually planted Okay, three churches out of the initial church, all right? And it all started, it all started by serving, right? Serving their community. So what I want us to do tonight, I want us to think about why was it the serving that made the difference? Why is it that when they went out and they served their community, why did all of a sudden this make such a difference in Roscoe's ministry and in his church? And I want to give you two big reasons why. And I've got a handout on the table that says, why serve? That you can fill, along, fill in as we go along. So reason number one, okay, if you are a Christian, and I could also add in there, if you are a church or if you are a Bible fellowship, all right, serving is not an option. It's not an option. So first and foremost, what was Roscoe doing? He was being obedient. He was being obedient to what God has called him to do. Galatians 5.13 says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for flesh, Opportunity for flesh there means selfishness. So don't use your freedom. Don't use what God gave you uh, because of Christ's sacrifice, your freedom from, from sin and from death. Don't use that for selfishness, this opportunity for flesh. But through love, what does it say? Serve one another. So 
like Roscoe, we should continue for sure, right? We shouldn't stop praying. We shouldn't stop inviting people to class. Okay, that's not what it's about. But let me tell you, being a servant and serving, that is the heartbeat of a Christian. Okay? Serving is the heartbeat of a Christian. And listen, it's not, you know, we, we, we do all kinds of serving in this class, and I love that. I, I, I love how, you know, one, we serve one another. You know, I see it in just uh, uh, the meals and, and taking care of the meals. I see it in our, in our van ministry, which is wonderful. I see it in the people that sign up, okay, to bring desserts and bring drinks. You don't know how much of a service that is to your fellow classmates. So I see it. I see it in the class. I also have seen that we have started, obviously, doing more and more serving of our community as a class. You know, we've got out and done some Grace Bridge visits, and, uh, you know, I think there's probably a children's hunger fund in our near future. Aaron and I got to spend last night with the founder of Children's Hunger Fund. It is just an amazing organization. I could spend hours talking about what they have done across the country and the, the millions of, of children that they have fed, and it's just it's just unbelievable uh, to see how God has used them. So I've seen us serve as a group. I've seen us serve one another. But really what I want to challenge for tonight is, is this one-on-one -on -one serving. Okay? All the people that you come in contact with, all the people that you see in the course of a week, okay, that you can do something for. How can I, how can I serve them? You know, what can I do to fulfill their need? How can I reach out and show them love. It's what we're called to do, right? I say it's the heartbeat of a Christian. It's impossible to separate the servant from the Christian. They're one and the same. They're one and the same. Rick Warren says, and I've got the quote on there for you, okay? Rick Warren says that, that we were not saved by serving, okay? But we were saved to serve. Jesus came to serve, right? What does the Bible say? That Jesus came not to be served, but to serve, why do you think that is? Why do you think Jesus said that? Why do you think he said he came to serve? I mean, I think you're saying he was an example, right? He was going to show us the example, right, of what we should be and what we should do. Let, let me give you a, a thought, an additional thought of why Jesus said that he came to serve. I don't think there's any greater way to show the love of God. There's no greater way to show the love of God than as a servant. You know, I, I, it's been said that every person that you meet is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. Okay? Every person you meet is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. And I tell you, every day of my life, I find that to be true. And every one of those persons that you come in contact that's fighting that battle, you never know if you'll just make yourself available when God has placed you there in their life at that moment to help them with that battle. To help them with that battle, right? That's what serving's all about. It's helping those in need. It's helping them fight through problems in their life. It's meeting a need in their life. Listen, in some ways, being a servant, right, is an identifying mark. We see it, turn over in your Bible to Matthew chapter 25, okay? We see it in Matthew 25 when Jesus is talking about the final judgment, okay? This, this point in time when some are going to go to hell and some are going to spend eternity with Jesus. 
If you look over in verse 31, I'm just going to read 31 through the end. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Isn't that such a great promise? Prepare for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire from, for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteousness, righteous into eternal life. It's an identifying mark, okay? He's giving you a picture of service, giving them food and water and taking them in and, and clothing and, and visiting them whenever they're in need, right? He's giving you a picture of what it means to be a servant, okay? It isn't, it isn't any of those things that got you to eternity. It isn't any of those things that brought you there, okay? But it's an identifying mark, okay? Jesus is saying, listen, all right, I, I'll, know, I'll know you by how you served others, how you serve the least, that's how I'm going to know you. It's an identifying mark. It's not, he didn't give us a long list of, boy, you were a great teacher, you know, or you, you were really great in your quiet time, you know, or you, you really dug in deep into scripture. You prayed so eloquently. No, none of that was on there. And it's not that none of that is important because it is, it's all important, right? But what's the identifying mark? What's Jesus saying is the identifying mark that he looks at that says, okay, you're here for eternity with me or in hell? Are you a servant? How you served others? You know, because if you take the servant out of the church or out of the Bible fellowship, then you don't have a church and you don't have a Bible fellowship. But if you give me a church, you give me a Bible fellowship that is a servant, and by the way, we each are a church, right? We're individually a church. You give me a church, a Christian that's a servant, there's no end to what we can do. Number two, second thing that I think that uh, we can look at to determine you know, why was Roscoe successful when he went out and served. God uses the humble servant to win people to Christ. 
It's the Great Commission. One of the greatest ways to fulfill the Great Commission, to lead people to Jesus, to disciple others, is to go out and serve them. Gives you an opportunity. Gets you down uh, in a level playing field with them. You can help somebody, okay? You can witness to somebody. It's why Roscoe, I promise you, went from zero to 300. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 19, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. Win more of them to Christ. You know why? Because serving is a gateway. It's a gateway to salvation. Okay, it's a great gateway to witnessing, to bringing people to Christ. It's a gateway to discipleship. I got to witness this firsthand this past week. I, uh, I got to spend two hours with Pastor Billy Island. And Pastor Island is the pastor of the outcry at the barrio. Okay, you remember our friends from a couple of weeks ago that were here? Well, uh, he is their pastor. He is the founder of, of their home. And this outcry ministry, okay, it is really, it, it, is, it is a ministry that's really wrapped in the, in the appearance of a drug and alcohol inpatient rehab program. All right, it was founded, uh, this organization, in 1970, okay, by a guy named Freddie Garcias. And Freddie was an ex-gang member and heroin addict, and he was in San Antonio, Texas, and he started this home where he invited people that were on a downward spiral in life, uh, alcoholics, drug users, invited them into his home where he served them. He took care of them. He, he, he discipled them. He ministered to them. He helped them beat their addictions and helped them change their life and did life with them and ate with them and, and slept with them and, and, and lived out in, in his life giving to them so that they could then, you know, get their lives back. All right, and now today, fast forward some 46 years, and there's now more than 100 of these homes spread out all over the world. And there's one here in Dallas. And I'm telling you, it just, it really convicted me to the point of tears sitting there for two hours with him. And to see his sacrifice, just to see how much he cared for these men and uh, how much he loved them and how much he served them and how it made a diff- such, a, such a difference in their life. It was really just amazing to hear. And good news, starting next week, they're going to be back. And uh, it's going to give us all an opportunity to get to know one another and serve one another. And I told him, I said, Billy, you guys will do as much for us as we do for you, I promise. You'll do as much for us as we do for you. So he's committed to get them here every other week because they have something that they do on those off weeks. So we've got a system going. So every second week, we're going to have, we're going to take it up a notch, right? Because we're going to have 20 guys here that love Jesus. They shout every time. If you've seen them in the service there, they're always shouting. But listen, there's just something about serving, isn't there, that softens people's hearts. I mean, it's just something about it, really. It's just something that, that happens when you, when you love on someone and when you serve them and when you help meet a need. I'm convinced that it's because when we model Christ, people respond. And there's no greater way to model Christ than to be a servant. You know, I think it's one of the reasons that Jesus, I mean, if you look at um, in the Bible, it's one of the few times really where Jesus thought enough of something where he not only gave you an example. If you turn over to John chapter 13 in your Bible, we're going to talk about this for a few minutes. He not only gave you uh, an example of, of how to serve and what it means to serve, but then he followed it up to say, 
just as I've done, you need to do this, okay? So he showed them how to do it, and then he said, hey, listen, just in case you missed it, all right, you need to do this also. So look over in John chapter 13. This is the, we've talked about this in the past here. This is the night before Jesus is crucified. He's having uh, supper with his disciples, and it says there in verse 4 of chapter 13, it says that Jesus rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So why do you think that Jesus chose this, this symbol of washing the feet uh, to demonstrate what it means to serve? Well, this was a task that was normally reserved for the slaves. You know, people didn't think there was much lower than getting down and washing someone's feet. But here's Jesus. He's taken a towel. Probably not this kind of a towel. Come on up, John. And he's got his brothers there, disciples. Come over here, John, for a second. He's got his brothers there, his disciples. And by the way, he also has unbelievers there as well. Okay, it says uh, earlier in verse 2 that Satan had already went into the heart of Judas. Jesus washes his feet also. So this is John. I don't know how many of you guys know John. John Arnett. And I love John. All right. He is such a faithful attender of this class. He's an encourager to me. Uh, he goes through dialysis treatment. How many days a week you got dialysis treatment, John? Three days. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've never, ever, ever heard him complain. He's always here with the greatest spirit and the greatest heart. So Jesus taking this towel for his brother's disciples. You can see it, John. It says in there that he takes the towel and takes off his outer garments can't wrap a towel too much around me, although I have lost a little weight, so. Takes the towel, and he begins. It's a little bit cold. <laughs> so, why did I do that? Why did I bring John up here to, to wash his feet? Well, I wanted to, to give an example, okay, of the humility that it takes to be a servant. But I also wanted to make some points. Okay, point number one, uh, you should know that I hate feet. All right? <laughs> other, than, other than maybe my wife's, I hate feet. But newsflash, okay? Serving is not about what I like. All right? It's not about what Scott likes. All right? The second thing that I'll note for you is it was kind of embarrassing a little bit, honestly. Uh, I hate to say it, but it was, there, was, there was fear there. I've been thinking about it all day and wondering, you know, oh gosh, nervous about it. Um, I don't really know why, but I know this. Sometimes serving requires us to push past our fear, doesn't it? I mean, it can be intimidating. It can be scary, right? It can be. I'll tell you the other thing else. It's, it's, it's a little messy, isn't it, too? I mean... It's cold sometimes, it's, it's hard sometimes, it's messy sometimes. I got water on me as I was doing it. You know why? Because serving is messy. Serving is messy and it's hard. You don't believe me, you go down to the outcry at the barrio and I promise you, you'll notice that it's messy 
and it's hard. Whole time I was with the pastor there, I was just thinking to myself, am I willing, am I really willing to do what it takes to be a servant? Really? I mean, I tend to be really good at serving when it's not that hard, it's not that messy, but am I really willing to do what it takes? Could I do that? I don't know. I don't know. I pray that I could because when I saw what they were willing to sacrifice and give up to serve others and to help people change their life, it was just, it floored me, really. It just floored me. I'll tell you, and here's my fourth point about this little demonstration. Notice that the only way I could wash his feet was on my knees. There's a great song, you should download it if you don't have it, from Hillsong called Touch the Sky. I had it on repeat today as I was exercising. And in that song, it says that I touched the sky, I touched heaven when my knees hit the ground. I touched heaven when my knees hit the ground. You know why? Because I tell you this, you're never closer to heaven than when you're a servant. You're never closer to heaven than when you're a servant. It's got healing power in serving. Not just, I promise you, for the person that you're serving, but it's got healing power for you as well. I mean, if you looked over into verse 17 of chapter 13, Jesus tells you that you're going to be blessed if you do this. We've been talking about the beatitude, right? Blessed, you're going to be happy. You're going to be joy. And why do you think there's joy if, you, if you're a servant? It's because you take your eyes off of yourself, all right, which will uh, yield selfishness. And selfishness, I promise you, will lead to sorrow and despair and brokenness because you will always reach the end of yourself, Okay, so it takes the focus off of yourself and it puts it back on Jesus. Peace, love, contentment. I don't know about you, uh, but me, in my life, I can use more peace, love, and contentment than I can sorrow. It takes our focus off of ourself and puts it on Jesus. So tonight... What I want this to be about is a challenge, okay, a challenge. And I got a quote that I put in there from a pastor that uh, passed away many years ago, Jack Hiles. And uh, Jack Hiles was born in Italy, Texas, but he moved up to, um, to Hammond, Indiana, and he started a church. And he said when he got there, it only had a few hundred high society folks. Sounds like a really fun place. And, but he started a van, a bus ministry, started bringing people in. In fact, he's known, one of the things he's known for is, is, is really starting this bus and van ministry and how great it was. And over time, he developed one of the first mega churches, had more than 20,000 members. Well, Jack said that you can, God's people cannot be shamed into serving God. They need to be challenged. Okay, they can't be shamed. And there's no, you know, the good news about this for me is I don't, I don't need to shame you because I know how much you're already doing. You know, I know the servant heart of the people in this room. So this is definitely not about shaming anyone. What tonight I want to be about is I want it to be a challenge for me and for you. Okay, a challenge to go out and serve those that we come in contact with. The people that enter into our lives every day, you just never know. Go back to that, that, that saying that, that every person you meet is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. 
I'm always amazed at that. When I look at somebody and you think, man, they've got it all together. And then when you really dig deep and you get in their life and you start doing life with them and you see, wow, they don't have it all together. (laughs) They're just as messed up as I am. Just as messed up as I am. So I know this. This room will not hold the people that will want to come if we go out and serve them like Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, let me pray for us. Father, thank you for this class. God, thank you for each person in this class. God, I love them with all my heart, Lord, and I'm just so grateful to be able to stand here before them. Lord, I pray that as a class that you would continue just to give us a heart of of a servant, Lord, that you would just give us the strength and the courage, Lord, to uh, each and every day as we see people in our lives, Lord, that we would reach out and that we would serve them, Lord, that we would show them your love. God, that, uh, that we would forget about ourself, Lord, and, and what it might mean to be afraid and, Lord, just the embarrassment, Lord, and just not be afraid to, to get down and get messy into people's lives, Lord. I pray, God, that you would just, you would break our heart, Lord, for the people and the needs of those around us. Lord, just let us be a servant like you were a servant, Lord. Let us show your love to others, God. And Lord, we, through that, know, God, that that people will be drawn to you, Lord. And that's what it's all about, changing lives, Lord, helping people see, God, the life that they can have, the eternal life they can have in Jesus Christ, Lord. So just, God, please give us a boldness to go out and do your work and glorify you and live our lives for your glory, Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen.